0: Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, the weekly podcast featuring conversations with local purpose-driven leaders. Leaders creating social impact through their work and fostering in a new era of social progress. We want you to listen, connect, and grow with us. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com.
1: don't know how to articulate this, but I, I genuinely try to make every day about doing really, really good work and purposeful work, and that's important to me. I don't feel satisfied uh, if at the end of the day I feel like I've just worked on things that weren't the most important thing to work on that didn't take us forward in the direction like of, of the most important goal for the business um, and I just got distracted by other people's um, problems. So I try, to, I, try to, I try to like come these days with like a, like a hyper focus.
0: Welcome back to Humans of Purpose. We are proudly sponsored by Neon Treehouse. I love being in the same office building as Josh and Merrin and admire their energy, work ethic, and great skills helping their clients with their full suite of digital needs. It's also just great to have lunch with them from time to time. I'm looking forward to having Josh on the show soon to talk more about our partnership. In the meantime, to learn more, head to neontreehouse.com or just hit the link in our show notes. Today, I'm really excited to bring you my conversation with Judy Anderson. Judy's been on the podcast a couple of times before and I'm proud to count her as a friend and also a fellow co-worker at the Commons Cremorne. Judy is the CEO of Startup Victoria. Startup Victoria is Australia's largest network for entrepreneurs with over 60,000 people in the community. They've made some exciting changes to the way they work, which you'll soon hear about in today's episode. If you want to learn more about Startup Victoria's range of membership options, just hit the link in our show notes. Judy and I also discussed how we've coped during lockdown, our mental health journeys, the challenges that startup founders are facing, and much, much more. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Judy as much as I did. Judy, I am absolutely thrilled to have you back on Cubans of Purpose. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited that you're back after the break.
0: Well, it's been it's been a bit of a break. I was trying to think how many times you've been on the podcast before. Is it your third time now?
1: I think this is lucky number three.
0: Yep. Awesome. And we have headphones now. We have like the same whiskey. We have a new tote bag and we have headphones. So that's like We're the in update. the future. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so much has changed. So the future changed. is now. Yeah. Thank you for having We're me. We're in
0: the post-COVID world, which mm. just uh, brings up so many things we could jump into. Mm. But... um. Look, I think for for those who don't know much about you, I mean, most people know a lot about you because you're amazing and, you know, you've got a big <laughs> public profile, but um, a, a short little recap of your career journey and what led you to be CEO of Startup Victoria.
1: Sure. Um, started off always wanting to have my own business as a kid, like the classic kind of story of always like having little side hustles in school and things like that. Um, And then when you get to the business end of school, deciding what you want to do with the rest of your life. Um, And for me, business was something I always really enjoyed. So when I was looking at what kind of university degrees might be out there that I would find interesting that matched my ENTER score, um, yeah, the RMIT entrepreneurship degree really spoke to me. It was the first of its kind back then. I think it was maybe second actually after Swinburne um, in Victoria and it was a kind of an experimental degree. That's where I kind of learned the tricks of the trade so to speak and like met some really great people who are also interested in building their own businesses.
0: They have like um, active startups and entrepreneurship enterprises now?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Several several either have founded their own successful companies um, So, for example like the likes of Hot Duck which is a Melbourne-based scale-up uh, health tech uh, startup, which has gone gangbusters since uh, coronavirus, and or, or they've gone on to work in um, high growth uh, tech companies in all sorts of places all over the world. Um, so really intimidating um, cohort, but people who are really passionate about this stuff, which was really great. Um, from there, went on to work in the innovation team at Deloitte Australia. Um, my job there was a few different things. Um, probably my favorite part was towards the end of my time at Deloitte um, managing the microfunding portfolio where we would invest microfunds of $10,000 and three months worth of chargeable time to invest in new ideas wow. um, like products and services across different service lines. It's
0: like lines. their Google 30%, you know, free time to build your own dream.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. close. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> but tax. Um, exactly the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh after Deloitte, I end up uh taking a stint a long stint uh in the management consulting world at a company called Inventium, which uses science-based uh research in the fields of management, neuroscience, and organizational psychology to help large established organizations to innovate and disrupt from within rather than wait to be disrupted. And then Startup Vic, and I've been here for almost three years. You
0: know, I, I think I see Amantha Imba walking around with a backpack in Elstonwick. She, she
1: does live in Bayside. Does yeah. Okay. I believe, well, she did when we used to work together. I hope we haven't
0: like broken any laws and outing her suburban <laughs> location. So apologies, Amantha. I'm sure Samantha. we've
1: breached some sort of <laughs> yeah, privacy yeah. law. If
0: you're listening, which I highly doubt you are, I'm sorry in advance. Um, but She's a forgiving person. I'm sure she'll yeah, be fine a with it. forgiving person. But um, fascinating journey. I, I think there's so many ways to go with this, but I think, I mean one of the key themes of the season of humans of purpose is mental health and well-being and I think in the midst of covid and the year that's been and the year that everyone's collectively experienced there's been so many mental health challenges and I just wonder what what it's been like for entrepreneurs and startup founders during this period and beyond
1: hard um and I don't think that's an experience that's just for founders Uh, you know, people who are um, running businesses and, and trying to build or start a new business like this last year and a bit has been hard for everyone for lots of different reasons. Um, There are some things that I think are just like universal to the human experience. It is a global pandemic. Everyone I think has their own story of how it impacted them or their loved ones, their work, their home. Um, yeah, everyone has like a story that is probably a little raw. Um, I think there are some th- some things about being a founder and an entrepreneur that kind of almost um, amplify some of those experiences, like the sense of responsibility and a duty of care over others. Like when you're responsible for someone else's paycheck, that's a lot of pressure, um, especially in an environment where people are, being asked to take pay cuts, being dropped to part-time. Um, it's hard enough being the employee who's receiving that news, um, let alone being the one who has to make that decision, deliver those conversations, um, yeah, and manage it from there. So, like, that's just one example of a, of a tough decision that a business owner or a business leader has to, has to make in a global pandemic. Um, and how I kind of started, like everyone has their own personal journey, but how like the pandemic has impacted them. A lot of founders still have to put on a really strong leadership front and inspire confidence, not just in their team, their investors, the market, um, and almost try and create a false sense of demand when supply and demand is out of whack, um, yeah, it's Every, everything's
0: hard. out of whack at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I think things are discombobulated and they're um, combobulating.
1: <laughs> they're recombobulating. They're recombobulating uh, slowly. Yes, it's a
0: slow process. But I think everyone's compass is kind of just a bit haywire at the moment. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you would have seen this. You know in your work and in your observations. 100%. I
0: I think everyone's going through their own um, personal journey. Mm. Um, What does your research tell you? I know you're involved in some interesting research about the sort of attitudes um, and experiences of founders and entrepreneurs with mental health.
1: Yep. This was um, before the global pandemic. I think this was actually, ooh, I really should have checked my dates. Um, But I think this is late, early 2019, Mm -hmm. late 2018 uh, LaunchVic were doing, uh, which is a state government agency to support the growth of the startup ecosystem in Victoria, and they were uh, doing a diversity and inclusion strategy and Startup StartUpVic uh, supported with some research with our founder members um, to, to provide some input on what it is like as a founder in the state of Victoria uh, when it comes to mental health and wellbeing and what is their, like, lived experience. So my job was to go out and interview founders anonymously, um, and find out what their experience has been like, what are they scared of? What are they not scared of? Um, what support services are available? What is missing? And yeah, how can we, how can we greater support founders who inevitably will have a mental health journey and to, to succeed um, and have equal access to, to support that's going to be available from um, whether it's government organisations or private institutions or even just the community. That was really eye-opening research, some of the things that we found um, – Again, not surprising, like universal to the human experience when you are very, very busy, uh, you know, when you're starting a business, you're often wearing multiple hats. So you're the salesperson and the person building the website and the person onboarding new customers. And then you're also taking out the bins, you know. Face of the
0: brand as well.
1: Exactly. You're kind of doing everything. So you're inevitably incredibly busy. Um, And then when you're very busy, often, you know, you're typically working long hours and then you know, some things start to slip. Like uh, you, you know, you stop hanging out with friends as much, or you stop going to the gym, or you, you know, maybe you start to lose sleep, and then that stress turns into anxiety, and then that anxiety turns into depression, um, and then sometimes that can lead into a, a more severe mental illness diagnosis, um, and. What we found consistently was founders who had experienced um, like what they would describe as like a a break, like not a psychotic break. I mean, I don't mm. know what the technical terms are. Apologies, I'm getting it wrong. and know it's a sensitive Ta- subject. Taking a break. Taking a break. Like they, they experienced that point of burnout where it was no longer just a quick fix. They were going to have to do some pretty serious uh, long-term work to get themselves back into um, a state where they felt comfortable. They then had really strong practices in place to prevent that happening again Um, and they had all wished that because as soon as it happened to them, all these other founders kind of popped out of the woodwork once they saw what happened to them. Oh, that happened to me too and, you know, this is what I do now and, hey, I'm like... I'm actually kind of into kinesiology, but don't tell the other founders because they all <laughs> love science. Like, just like you know, really... great example.
0: I love that you said kinesiology.
1: Yeah, um, and they all they all wished that um, founders who were in the thick of the the building of the business would talk about it more often because they felt really alone and they felt really isolated and often the entrepreneurs that were happy to talk about it were like on the other side of success.
0: Yeah, that's the worst. The the, the worst is reading accounts of people who believe that they've beaten their mental illness and Mm. it's kind of like crapping all over vulnerable people everywhere who are (laughs) looking for morsels of hope Yeah, um, because it's not talking about the struggle or the the challenge and it's it's more like here is my hero's journey and I am at the peak of the mountain now. Yeah,
1: but like let's be real, it's hard to be vulnerable. Like I think it's really easy – to to like and it sounds really obvious right like we should all be really vulnerable you know and we should all like through storytelling and sharing our own stories um you know change the cultural norms um that make it safer for people to feel like they can do that but it's really hard when your identity is intertwined with the business yeah and so when people still see your business as you and if you're succeeding, then the business is succeeding and if you're struggling, then the business must be struggling. Yeah. So there is this level of having to put a sort of wall between your mental health management and how private or public you are with that totally. and what you put out to investors, employees, customers.
0: And I also said. I also think that part of the reason for that is because mental illness is rife with stigma. So mm. people will say if so-and-so is talking about having a mental illness – they're probably unreliable and they probably aren't a high performer, which which yeah. is, um, as we know from experience. Incredibly false. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, some of the highest performers ever, like historically and in our current moment, live with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, part of the reason for continuing with Humans of Purpose is to open up that kind of vulnerable space where we... We can go first. We can mm-hmm. talk about these things, and we can talk about them from a place of not being completely reconciled, a hundred percent perfect humans. We mm-hmm. can be, we can be humans with flaws and humans with vulnerabilities, and humans who can share that experience for the benefit of others. Yeah, and I, like you know, um, you talked before about sort of that nexus between high performance and the overlap with men- mental health. Like, I'd love you to just expand a bit on that.
1: Yeah. So I think anyone who, I guess, identifies as a, a, you know, air quotes, high performer um, typically works really hard and they're passionate about the work that they're doing and they Happy to put in extra hours. And I think that's, I see a a big correlation between entrepreneurs who I would always classify as as high performers because they're trying to do something crazy that no one's ever really done before. And no one's really believing in them until it's really obvious. And then it's easy to believe in them. Um, Once it's built. Yeah, exactly. Once there's evidence. Once um, there's uh,
0: the beta version and it's going very well. Yeah, exactly. Once
1: you've got like (laughs) metrics you can show, but like, yeah. I see a big correlation between those traits and just like lots of people who are working hard and they're not necessarily building a business, but they're working incredibly hard and they're incredibly passionate about what they do and they can almost get a little bit lost. Um, And that's something I definitely like can relate to. That's my constant struggle. Like I'm not an entrepreneur. Um, I've never built my own real business. I had a lot of like, no, not real businesses when I was younger, but like, but I, it doesn't mean I don't work really, really hard. And so when I see these patterns and traits in founders in the startup Vic community, I really just relate because I'm like, oh, it's so hard to maintain discipline because um, it's it's a slippery slope. Like I don't know if you probably going to get this analogy wrong or the metaphor or whatever, mm. but like the frog in the pot. Yes, where you like yep. you put the frog in the boiling water and it's going to jump out straight away because it knows it's hot. Yep. But then if you put it in tepid water and then just turn it up one degree at a time. Mm. You know, they'll just stay there. Can I tell they can't you something tell.
0: interesting about that analogy? It was re- recently proven false. They, someone actually oh, really? did the experiment of trying, because it's an excellent metaphor, but someone tested it. a like, frog. You know, there must be people out there who just try and disprove really good metaphors. So yeah. these people got the frogs, they put them in the pot, they turned up the heat incrementally, really slowly, and the frogs got out. <laughs>
1: This is what should really be on Q&A. Yeah. <laughs> this is what they should be really talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. is like what metaphors don't work.
0: This is definitely the sound grab I'm going to top the episode with. This is like compelling listening. <laughs> that's it, that's
1: it. Getting groundbreaking yeah. groundbreaking quotes.
0: Yeah, but there, there's, there is something about mental ill health where you don't know what to do or how to handle it until you're in it and then when you're in it you Mm -hmm. are swimming as desperately as possible Mm -hmm. to get out of it but you really need to kind of paddle slowly and assuredly to safety with guidance and support and help and yes i wonder if you can just relate a bit about your own sort of experience and
1: yeah happy to um i wonder where i should start um
0: wherever you feel most comfortable
1: yeah probably just with context I think like it's just helpful to know because everyone has their own story, I think. Um, My context is I grew up in a family um, that was like very, I think, like quite emotional, emotionally honest. Like there was lots of conversations about feelings, basically, you know, three women in one man in a house um, and one bathroom. We're always fighting over stuff. Who gets the first shower? So, like, there was lots of feelings always expressed basically growing up. I was never really taught to hold my feelings in or anything like that. Um, Then as I got a little older, you know, started forming personal relationships with people. um, And that I think is really when I had my first, like, expose into – when mental health isn't really good like i don't ever i'd never really personally identified with having like uh like a hard time you know like when you're a teenager you have a hard time Mm. but i never was like thought of myself as having anxiety i never Mm. thought of myself as having mental illness or having depression um and then you know some personal relationships came into my life where i was seeing depression firsthand and i was shit that really rough. Like that's <laughs> on, really- on other people. Yeah, were, yeah. Yeah. And and my role was kind of as a supporter to another person's journey. That was sort of my first expose into mental health. Um and so it almost became a bit easier to find out what support was available because it wasn't about me, you know, it was about helping someone I loved. Um so I think I became really familiar with like support services that were available like you know you can go to your GP you can get a mental health plan you can get 10 sessions you know um if you're lucky enough to have uh, Medicare which mm. is whole won't go in. my partner is uh not from Australia so it's a whole other bag game. Um Texas.
0: Texas of yes, course. Yes, yes yeah.
1: she's from Dallas. Um anyway. So that was my kind of first foray and then I think from then on, like, my personal relationships, like, I've had several, you know, and it would just it just became a theme for me. Um, and I think a lot of women who are high performers can kind of relate. Like, I've heard this story from so many women before who haven't really had a, a mental health, um, like, serious battle yet um, in their life, but it's a, it's a theme that follows in personal relationships. Yeah,
0: and I think also there's times where people – are living with a mental illness, but they just haven't been diagnosed and they, yes. they live in struggle and yes. they don't, no one tells them, hey, you should probably get this looked at. You know, yeah. you've, you have a clear anxiety issue or yeah. you, you're depressed.
1: Yeah. So what happened, I guess that, that's kind of like context setting, yeah. right? And then if we fast forward to now, um, what I have learned recently is because my experiences with, previous loved ones were so severe, like the golden rule of relativity is I thought I was doing great um, and they were very, very severe, um, you know, for like to protect those people, I won't go into those stories, but like just, yeah, for context, very, 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 very severe. They were very unwell. Yes. Um, and then being in a really healthy um, healthy relationship it gave space for me to finally like look inward like I was no longer playing a supporter you know role Um, and because everything was so hunky-dory and like great w- which is amazing and I feel very lucky to have found um, such an amazing person to share my life with but
0: it shout just, out to Kate, by the way. Yeah. We should a big, big shout out. <laughs>
1: big shout out to Kate, my beautiful fiance. Because um, you weren't
0: you were with Kate when we I think did our first or second podcast. No. And that's a big change in your life, which is just yeah. magical.
1: Yeah. I feel very, very lucky to have um to have met her. Um so because everything was so good, I basically just had all this time then to like focus on me. Um and at first it was like, oh yeah, cool. I think I'm actually. Like pretty all right, and then coronavirus happened, <laughs> and uh I for the first time experienced a very, very, very sharp um decline in my mental health um and I feel very blessed that I grew up in a household where feelings are shared because and and even having done in my in my work and in um you know the research that I spoke about, i was very uh I think I was very fortunate that I had all of that learning already. To know, once I realised um, that it was a problem, I knew what the steps should be. Like I knew how to help myself, um, and then for me it was just like a matter of doing it and having the discipline and um, yeah, the the motivation to to like work on it. Um, so I went to as soon as I realised that I had like a problem, um, went to the GP, got a mental health plan. You know, had a chat with a couple of different psychs. Found one that I liked. Um, got on like I get along like a house on fire with my psych. Um, How good
0: is having a good psych? Oh,
1: ah, she's the
0: best. It's just like a delight.
1: It is a delight. I look forward to um, my my sessions with her very much. Um, and then it, yeah, it it that then opened a whole other can of worms for me um, in terms of learning about my own um, like brain and like my preferences and my tendencies I ended up uh learning that I have quite a few ADHD traits which really opened my eyes it was like for the first time in my life because I'd never really focused on myself um when someone was holding up a mirror uh, I was like oh my god that's Someone just gave me the key to my brain and now I understand how it works. And
0: that can be incredibly intimidating. Like I know um, I have a few close people in my life who won't seek help because they are so scared of it uncovering this can of worms that they fear that they just won't be able to – they'll just fragment essentially.
1: Yeah. I think I was at a point of desperation, though. I didn't care. I felt like I'd already fragmented. So, like, I was like, whatever. Like, I'm not sleeping. I haven't slept in three months. Mm -hmm. I've gained, like, 15 kilos. Mm -hmm. I hate myself. Mm. Like, that's all. thank God for lockdown because no one can see it. Like, people, like, that's the thing about lockdown. It's like, I've been on this whole journey (laughs) and, like, I don't get, like, no one sees it because, like, I went in being like, oh, yeah, you're fine. And then I came out being like, I'm almost fine. Mm. Um, And, like, that really big dip. No one really saw except for Kate. Um, Another shout out to Kate. Thank you so much for being a great partner.
0: Thank you, Kate. Mm. I mean, COVID was such a hard time. I mean, my personal experience was also quite an extreme dip. Mm. Um, I sort of, it's like a multiplier effect where you feel like there's a few things that are a little bit off, but all of them happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, It just makes it catastrophic.
1: Yeah, what happened for you? Well,
0: I noticed that um, there were certain days where we were all working from home, this is during the lockdown, and Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't see another person from between the time when my wife went to work and when she got home quite late Mm -hmm. and I felt so isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have a lot of work on at the time and I just, you know, like – at the beginning, I was doing the things, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. got their things like the walks and the music mm-hmm. and the podcasts and the, you know, maybe some people play guitar or, you Yeah,
1: know. yeah. There was like a novelty to it at the start, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, there's, it's yeah. A, yeah, like people, a lot of people learn guitar over the past year. So we can say <laughs> that for certain. Um, but for me, it was like I was doing all that stuff and then I had back surgery and then I just crashed. Um, like that was the straw that broke the camel's back, but also my back because it was back surgery. Yeah. Good one. Good one. one, Yeah, Thank you. (laughs) Um, and it was just all too much and I totally fragmented, um, Mm. and it took me, it's taken me almost six months to get to a place of relative comfort. So, and, and like, you know, it's important to talk about because we said before that it's no one talks about their struggle when they're in it. It's like there's this culture that we live in where you should only talk about difficulty mm. once you're past it. Yeah. But I'm not completely past it. I no, think we talked yeah. before and we, we we said we're both probably about 80% of where yeah. we want to be at. Yeah. But um, it's really important to, I think, acknowledge the struggle and also to get that appreciation for, like, what are the things that you need to do to keep yourself well?
1: Yeah. And also just, like, on that, like, I guess – you know, zero to a hundred spectrum that you and I were talking about, I now no longer expect myself to be like a hundred all the time. Like uh, the relationship I think I've kind of built with myself over the last like three to six months in particular is like, cool, just keep a tab so it doesn't dip below a certain point. And then there's certain, like, I guess, uh, there's certain triggers. It's like, cool, if it's like this sort of situation, then these are the kind of things I should do. But if it's this situation, then it's just the little things here and there. I don't expect – I expect my life I'll be going up and down through, you know, through those levels.
0: Do you have um, non-negotiable things or like if you're feeling like you might be dipping, mm. here are the things that I, I do to keep myself in a good place? I'll tell you why. Yeah. T- I'll tell you mine. Yeah, you I'm go
1: first. I'll yeah. go first if you
0: like. Well, I mean – I don't want to preempt, but mine is basically getting up and making the bed is critical and then going for long walks has become really like fundamentally important, um, usually with the dog. Mm -hmm. shout out to cyril who's asleep (laughs)
1: um
0: so getting sunlight so walk with sunlight music or a podcast and some audio is essential Mm. seeing family and seeing friends is sort of like the main things and then there's the top up things like having a sauna if i've got time yeah um having a run if i feel like it on that day on top of the walk um you know trying to accomplish at least a few things off the to-do list per Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. that would be like my main things
1: yeah so my biggest thing is sleep. That's, uh, for me, that's kind of like my ground floor because that was, for me, where things started getting really bad because um, sleep, a lack of sleep triggered, like, severe anxiety where I I would wake up in the morning, like, I can't even get out of bed. Yeah. Like, I have to force myself into the shower just to get on Zoom. Mm. Like, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I'm, like... Such an extrovert. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a really big departure from.
0: It feels like not you. Really.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I remember when I spoke to my GP, who I've had a relationship with for many years. Um, she specialises in women's health, and I remember when I was telling her, she's like, "Oh, that doesn't sound like you." I was like, "I know. What's wrong with me?" <laughs> like, um, yeah. But, so sleep is number one, absolutely. Um, so I'll do whatever I can to make sure I'm getting good quality sleep. Um, from there. The next thing is movement. So because I work, basically like my job is to use my mind. Um, I'm always really mentally exhausted at the end of the day Uh, and I just have to get rid of that like physical energy as well. So whether that's a walk with my dog, even just as simple as around the block or I'd love to go to the gym if I can. If I can't do either of those things for whatever reason, then it's uh, Kiera Lachey on, uh, on Pop Sugar Fitness on YouTube I, dancing in my lounge room. You said
0: like <laughs> six words that I have no, <laughs> no context for, but go on.
1: It's just uh, it's just like a white girl, me, uh, a white girl dancing <laughs> in her lounge room to this <laughs> like amazing hip hop chabada. Awesome, um, awesome. It's not cool, yeah. but it's really fun.
0: It sounds pretty cool. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So there's some really interesting tips and I think another question that I had, it's not mental health related, so could move a bit out of that zone, but just about your own sort of like growth and journey, like how long have you been CEO now at Startup Big?
1: It'll be three years in
0: June. Are you still like – And it's April. Describe the evolution of the challenge and sort of also your own like – like being a first-time CEO is a big deal, but now you've done it for a while. Like do you feel more CEO-y or –
1: Yes, is the short answer. Um, I think if I knew what I was getting myself into at the start, I would have probably been a lot more cautious. Um, But I wouldn't, I wouldn't like change it for the world. It's been like the absolute best decision I've ever made. The people that I've met, the like things that I've learned. Yeah, it's insane. It's like the best, the best gig ever, the best community ever, like Love the startup scene. Never going anywhere. Um, being the decision maker is—I find that kind of hard. Like I—I I like it because I—I have ideas and I have like a vision for for what the startup Fit community can be, and I—I I believe we can get there. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure. Like especially when, you know, I think. Um, as a cuz a lot of my previous career especially being a consultant you're always trying to like consult with other
0: people give them advice
1: yeah, or yeah. like give people advice or like even just be like even like cuz a lot of that work was also being a researcher and, mm. and even the research that like I'm always like what do you think what do you think what do you think mm. and I'm like no no it's going to be what i think <laughs> um so that that was a big learning um just being a bit more decisive um and a bit clearer in in that direction.
0: Maybe let me reframe it a bit because it was a bit nebulous before, but like how do you come to the job today as Judy, um, you know, in contrast to how you did maybe a year or two ago?
1: Yeah, the way I come to the job today, and I still still may have misinterpreted this question so we'll see how I go, but the way I come to the job today as Judy, I definitely come – don't know how to articulate this, but I I genuinely try to make every day about doing really, really good work and purposeful work and that's important to me. I don't feel satisfied uh, if at the end of the day I feel like I've just worked on things that weren't the most important thing to work on that didn't take us forward in the direction like of, of the most important goal for the business um, and I just got distracted by other people's um problems. So I try to I try to I try to like come these days with like a like a hyper focus. Um, I don't know if that answers the question. It does totally yeah.
0: extremely well. Mm. So much so that I'm happy to move on to my next question. <laughs> <laughs> um what is? like pitch yourself forward in like the next few months. What is coming up that's exciting on the Startup Vic radar? I know like you you run the regular monthly Startup Mixes that I love walking past. Um, What else is going on?
1: There's so much going on. Um, It's crazy. Like Startup Vic is going as a gangbusters, you know, since we've launched our new membership model, which is really exciting. So um, we've basically now segmented our audience really clearly into like who we exist to serve. Um, There's basically founders, future founders, and then everyone else in the community um, who exists to also either work or support entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, And the offering is really clear. Our memberships are basically broken down into your stage of growth. So are you a scale-up founder? Are you an early to mid-stage founder? Or are you a future founder? Um, So, yeah, we've got... We went from, when I first joined Startup Vic, we did one pitch night a month and every now and then we do another sort of event and we also did Above All Human every second year. I know you're very familiar with that conference. (laughs) Of course. Um,
0: Love the conference.
1: Yeah. And now like we do 10 to 12 regular events a month. So we're very busy.
0: You're like an events company now.
1: Yeah, events and content like events has
0: become like a, yeah. a major stream of uh, business, which is fascinating.
1: Yeah, which is um, and even in this like new like in person, virtual, hybrid world, like we're basically. I mean, this is probably not news to anyone who's like either been to event mm. an event, you know, in twenty twenty one, but trying to like keep all of the good things about uh, virtual events, like accessibility, remote access, you know, greater distribution and sharing of content, greater participation, but you know still then bring in all the good things about in-person events, like human connection yep. and serendipity and things like that.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, what's your take on that? Because, I mean, I do not love Zoom. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. I know, right, revelation. But I, I would find it hard to – like click attending to a webinar or like a virtual conference kind of thing i I'd just much rather yeah. be there in person, yeah, like how do you kind of create that magic are you having to create all of that magic online now?
1: yeah, it's hard to create magic online, but it can mm. definitely be done mm. um and I think as long as you're really clear on like the objective of that event, like why are you having why are you putting all that energy, resources, people, time. Into that event, what are you trying to achieve? And then designing it backwards from there and thinking about how someone's going to experience that and they're going to walk away with that. Like just being really conscious about it.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think – your design thinking would sort of play a major, little bit part of that because you know, like you have to stage the person through the process and like reverse engineer it, and you're thinking a lot about the human elements and the interaction with the experience. It is huge.
1: Yeah, totally. Like mm. even something as simple as you know, um, one of the best things about like startup pitch nights is the audience like gets to gets to like have a say on who wins and who get and they get to vote on like the people's choice award winner. So like four startups pitch on stage and then the audience the judges go away and deliberate on who they think should win and the audience is like, well we think this person should win. And there's always this little like chatter that's happening. And when we were trying to design like, well how do we bring that chatter into a Zoom webinar? Like like that's so flat. How do we do that? We came up with this new thing called the People's Judge and we'd basically get someone from the community who was one of the people uh, who would keep an eye on all of the chatter and comments that were happening in the Slack and also on Twitter and socials and in the Zoom chat uh, and we, MC, would encourage people to you know post their questions, post their comments on every pitch, and the people's judge would basically keep an eye. on, oh, you know, like like the like the Weather Channel person, you know, it's like, it's like
0: a citizens jury or a, a sortition. Just yeah. like hey, uh, Roman citizen, you are in charge for the day.
1: Exactly, <laughs> like you decide what the people want. The power um, is yours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so that was really cool. Like just like little like creative ideas like that. That. Um, and look, even then. it's cool a idea. Yeah, it's, it's good, right? But it doesn't replace the serendipity of, you know, hearing something really inspiring on stage and then getting the opportunity to have a conversation with someone at the end and then that forms a new idea and before you know it, you're starting a company together. And, like, that's really hard to recreate yeah. online because people are like, I'm in and I'm out.
0: You know? I I miss that so badly, like mm. the serendipity of events, and like I'm someone who is also extroverted but doesn't like networking. But I really like mm. going to events that you're legitimately interested in, and then having random conversations with other people about yeah. you know tangential topics. Like that, that for me is like the lifeblood of social interaction. And yeah. um, I think that's been sorely missed during COVID, actually.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Because also, I think when you're on Zoom, it's like no one likes being. You know, no one. I, I haven't met a single person that's like I love having I re- a conversation. I, I like looking at my face
0: <laughs> and next to someone else's face and then seeing. Oh, no, you've got to hide I your react. face. Like, what do you, you, you?
1: keep your face view on?
0: I don't know how to <gasps> not have it on.
1: Oh my god, that was one of the quickest learnings for me during lockdown. Okay. Is hide self view.
0: Okay. Well,
1: yeah, it makes it way better. This
0: has been very valuable uh, <laughs> use of my time. Thank you.
1: Yeah, because then you can actually – it feels more like a real conversation because in a normal who, conversation who, yeah. you're not looking at yourself who the whole time. Who came with
0: that idea that there should be a mirror like next to you talking to someone else? Like that's bizarre.
1: Someone, Yeah. That, you no know, thank you. <laughs>
0: that, that was not a, a user experience, a, a design-centered kind of, uh, Totally. You know? I
1: mean, that self-view was actually part of my, like, self-diagnosis, actually, um, like, during lockdown is, because at the start, I was like, oh, I'm working from home, and, like, I've seen this thing where people, like, take a photo of themselves every day on social media, like, that'll be fun. I'll document my journey <laughs> through lockdown. And at first, it was really fun. You can, like, see, I, like, I take a screenshot, I don't know, it was, like, every other day yeah. or every week or yeah. something like that. I'd take a photo and like, it started off like really smiley and like, oh, this is fun, yeah, like yeah, working yeah. from home. And then, like, you could just see, like, as the weeks and the months progressed. Yep. And I think it was like, I think it was maybe like day 80 or something in like lockdown. And I looked at this photo and I just looked awful. <laughs> I just looked so depressed.
0: You were like Robinson Crusoe. It's like, what's happened?
1: I don't understand that reference, but I'm sure like, that's correct.
0: Yeah, dude like remember Tom Hanks when he gets stranded on the island and oh, he, yeah. he makes friends with his volleyball called <laughs> yeah, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yes. like you know, like everyone I think had that experience of like yeah. I have spent eighty days in tracksuit pants and the same t shirt <laughs> and I just I feel think, dis- disgusting. I think
1: I was I was wearing it was the middle of winter, I was wearing a grey, like turtleneck sweater. And I had a gray blanket wrapped around me because I was so cold at my desk. And I'm a cheapskate and I didn't want to pay for the heater. And (laughs) there's like a gray sky out the window. I was like, wow, I I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to do something about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah.
0: Hey, this has been an amazing chat. We might uh, wrap it up, Ty it. How can people connect with you and learn more about your work and startup work as well?
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely. So they can go to startupvictoria.com.au. Uh, that's a homepage on our website. You'll see all sorts of events, news, content, jobs from across the startup ecosystem in Victoria. Um, you can also become a member if you want to throw yourself yes. in the defense. Do
0: become a member.
1: Yeah, membership starts at nine bucks a month for the community membership, and that plugs into everything we've got going on. Also gives you free tickets um, to all of our events. So, a bit of a no-brainer. Tickets are about twenty no, bucks. Are
0: you saying nine dollars a month, and I can go to all events free? Yes, that's outrageous. It I'm is meant sign to be a no-brainer. Tomorrow.
1: Yes, please <laughs> do. <too>. Um, <laughs> otherwise, uh, if you know, if you want to, um, if you want to, just sort of like you're just more curious, you're not really sure if you want to like dive in head first, you just want to dip a toe into the startup ecosystem, mm. um, you're welcome to be a free member. That gives you read-only access to our newsletter. You can still access all the content um, on our website, like Events, Jobs and News, uh, and you can follow us on socials. a good little soft sort of entry. Um, you're welcome to do that for free.
0: And uh, personally, can people connect with you?
1: Yeah, of course, LinkedIn. Sure. Um, it's fast track Judy, and yeah,
0: awesome. please.
1: And on, it's the same on Twitter and every social platform. How did you come up with that? I actually came up with that because when I was at uni I did the Fast Track program with RMIT and Deloitte and everyone was on Twitter and I was like, oh, I need to be on Twitter and um, I didn't really think about it that hard.
0: That's great. I love that.
1: And now it's stuck.
0: (laughs) It's a perfect way to end. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me and I really appreciate you um, doing this series on mental health and yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing this work.
0: Thank you for sharing. You're amazing. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player or the link in today's episode notes. Why not share the podcast with your networks? After all, 62% of our subscribers come from word-of-mouth recommendations and social shares. You could also leave us a five-star review and some kind words in the iTunes store. If you love what we do each week and want to support the show – You should join our growing community of Patreon supporters or consider becoming a show sponsor. To learn more about all of that, just head to humansofpurpose.com.